My name is Joseph McGill. I'm the founder of the Slave Dwelling Project. Historic sites, mainly sites that once enslaved people, they were not interpreting enslaving people. You know, the stories of uh, some of the people enslaved were being told at some of these sites, but in the manner of them being happy with their lot in life are the enslavers being benevolent to them. So if the stories were being told about these uh, enslaved people, it had that spin on it. I thought that was a disservice to the enslaved ancestors. It was bringing attention to these places. It was bringing attention to the fact that these places are on the landscape and they should be inter interpreted, but they should be interpreted properly. I think that this project gives voice to the enslaved people through the um, through the properties that we managed to bring attention to. So can you tell me a little bit about the properties? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so back in 2012, um, up until 2012, uh, I, no, I'm sorry, 2010, up until 2010, when I started the project, I would often visit sites that, uh, uh, you know, th that had slave dwellings. But these were the sites that, you know, any, any, any of the general public could visit. Um, but because they were not covering these elements uh, of the story, I knew that was one, one source, a one place, a one genre of sites that I should seek access to. Now then, again, these are museum ready, uh, ready for the public to come visit. But there were other categories of sites that sites that I found out existed also under all kinds of ownership. You could have the private owners, you could have the government owners, and that government could be national, local, state, um, or you could have, you know, the uh, the, the places uh, that are owned by non <clears throat> nonprofit organizations. So, so these categories of building, these kinds of building come in all kinds of forms. Uh, when I initially started, when I initially got the idea, I was going to sleep in places that are authentic, uh, that were uh, extant, that were there in the in the manner or in a similar manner of when it was first built. And now, um, I was being too strict. I was being too strict with the idea. Uh, again, uh, my preservation hat was was on a little too tightly, I think. So now the project has evolved into uh, any dwelling where the enslaved people once dwelled. It could be the big house, because in some of these big houses, uh, sometimes in the attic, sometimes in the basement, these enslaved people dwell there. Um, and when we look at various regions of where these places exist, they're all not plantations, as I learned in school and the slavery, the limited uh, knowledge that was taught to me in school. They had plantations relegated to plantations. I mean, they had slavery, excuse me, relegated to plantations in southern states. That is too limiting because even with that thought process, where I work right now, I work at a plantation, Magnolia Plantation and Gardens. Uh, it's, it's in Charleston, South Carolina. In the city of Charleston itself, it left out a very important element of slavery, and that's urban slavery, all the slavery that existed there. Because if you look at the marketing 
uh, are listening to the marketing uh, that that makes Charleston the tourist attraction that it is, that element of the story is 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 not sold. That's that's not included in 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 the marketing. Uh, you may see it trickling in now. Um, so it, it's 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 those buildings in that urban city also uh, those type buildings. But you got to also think about the slavery that existed in uh, in northern states because that was an element of slavery yeah. that. Uh, I was also not taught as a as a student learning about the subject in school. Again, slavery was relegated to plantations in the South. But if you look at a state like New York, um, I've stayed in several places in New York, uh, slave dwellings in New York, um, Rye, uh, New Pulse, Shelter Island, Long Island, the Hudson Valley, the Bronx, Massachusetts, where you guys are. I stayed at... Uh, I stayed at the Royal House and Slave Quarters in Medford, but back to New York. You know, New York abolished slavery in 1799 on paper, but the last person freed in New York was, um, you know, 1827. Uh, and uh, when, uh, in 1703, 40% of New Yorkers were slave owners. And when South Carolina seceded from the Union on December 20th of 1860, for a brief moment, New York considered seceding also because of its financial investment in the institution of slavery. So what I've learned is these places where enslaved people once dwelled come in many shapes and forms. They extend far beyond the Northern states where a lot of our education has relegated it to. Um, so, but it took this journey, you know, to, to help figure it all out. So back to, your, the, to the root of your question, these, uh, you know, these buildings come in uh, any, uh, many shapes and forms. Uh, um, the slavery that existed in New York was a lot more intimate than the slavery that existed on a plantation. You know, you're gonna have, uh, you know, in 1703, uh, uh, see, um, 1703, 40% of New York is slave owners. So that's less people owning, well, I'm sorry, it's the wrong way. That's more people owning less people. Whereas in the South is flipped. Uh, at the beginning of the Civil War, approximately four and a half million people were enslaved by 3% of the population. So that's, uh, you know, that's a big difference. So when I was uh, researching you, I mean, you've dedicated your life to history. Uh, how important is it to understand the true history to, you know, change the future? Well, we we are we are about to get a little political, um, and but it is it's, it's it's very it's very important because uh, if if you if you take my the, the young Joe McGill, uh, third fourth fifth sixth seventh eighth grade, uh, learning a history learning a history that's 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 embedding into my head that enslaved people were happy being enslaved. Um, enslavers were being nice to those enslaved people that does something to a young mind it 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 makes you think that you know well maybe my ancestors were deserving of that lot in life maybe maybe it is like it was maybe it is like it was that was taught to me but um the importance of not going back to that place is you know we've been making progress uh in a way that's inclusive of all history. And if we are to become this 
perfect union that we're seeking to be, then all the history of this union should should be revealed. All those atrocities that we committed along the way, you know, the slavery thing just being one of them, because you know what we did to the Native Americans is a whole nother story. Um, you know, we need to own those things. We do not need to go in a place or, 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 or to a place where we uh, continue to lie to ourselves to make ourselves feel good. And, and when we get to this thing about feeling good, who is it that we want to feel good? Why can't we make all just feel good together or pissed off together? You know, there are elements right. of, 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 there are all kinds of feelings that, that come to the whole story, the real story. Let that opportunity exist. Let that opportunity be there. Let's, 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 not to try, let's not try to mold minds by telling lies to them or keeping, keeping the truth from them. Let's mold these minds by giving them all the information, all the information that they need to process about who we are as a people and what we need to do to achieve this perfect union. So with where you work in the slave dwelling project, it's really hands-on. Do you think being hands-on has a greater impact? Yes, it does. I um I I my presentation that I give at Magnolia Plantation and Gardens, um, once upon a time when I first started there 12 years ago in 2011, I I would talk to the folks for about 20 minutes. And I said, I'm done. You know, you guys can go out, stick around for questions. But I changed that. Now I talk about half the time and that other half the time is, is for the questions. And, and what I'm learning is <clears throat> there's an older element of us that thinks like I thought <laughs> when I was being educated that slaves were happy and enslavers will be benevolent because the number one question that I get from the older us, the older Americans, or the older audience, because they're from everywhere, um, were the Draytons, D-R-A-Y-T-O-N, they were the owners of that plantation, were the Draytons good slave owners? Um, <clears throat> and I, I, again, I, that's the number one question, but I cannot blame them for that being the number one question because they were educated. Like I was educated. Now, the good thing about that is I never get that question from younger folks, which is an indication to me that they got a better education of that subject matter. In their minds, it's, <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a question. Why are you asking that question? How could they be in, in the young mind? Um, but the, but that, uh, the demographics of, 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 of where the questions come from uh, tells me that, that there's hope. Um, but here's the thing, there are those in positions to make decisions on what these kids are going to learn or what, they, what these kids can learn. Um, because there's a younger element of people who know better than to ask a question like that, we wanna continue in that direction. But there is that effort to take us back. And, um, you know, we, we, we stand in, we stand in the gap, uh, to, to prevent some of that because we're, we're as organizations where people visit, you know, we're capable of, of, of shaping the minds of whoever is in the audience 
and <clears throat> more recently, we're we're going in the di direction of telling the whole stories, even at these presidential sites. Um, uh, Thomas Jefferson and and James Madison and the Hermitage, they're not telling that whole story. Now it's upsetting some people, and it's probably that same cat. It's usually that same category of folks, you know, those older older white folks. Yeah. Um, but so be it. Um, you know, I. I apologize for the fact that you went through life thinking otherwise, but um, I think that at a younger age, as I found out that I was being lied to, you should do something about that and try to, you know, embrace the truth, not try to suppress it to fit what you learn, but disregard what you learn or, or, or throw out what you learn and learn the real story. So, yeah. So being a historic site, we're 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 influencers. And um, you know we should we should influence the right way. What have you learned from uh, younger people who are understanding it better? Yeah, well, I've learned that um, <clears throat> they're not totally they're not totally opposed to reparations because you know they ask that question too. Well, what's the family doing for for reparations? Uh, and I, I tell them, I tell them what the family is doing because the family is doing some things. They allow me to uh, uh, to come and work there and tell the truth about slavery, not that sugar-coated stuff. Uh, they got a pot of money that they give from every year to eligible organizations. They they have scholarships to the to the local tech school. They have uh, they have a, a vegetable garden. The, the products from that garden goes 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 to food banks. So they're doing something. Is it enough? No. But they're doing something. Uh, but 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 the younger folks are more interested in that. What are they doing to right the wrong? Yeah. That uh, that their historically their family uh, was a part of, and 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 that's that is what they're doing. So that's what the younger minds are. You know, they they're interested in in, in things like that. They're interested. They want to know. Uh, you know, uh, more about the, the lives of, of the descendants of those who were enslaved. You know, where are they now? Have, are, they, are, are they interacting with this space? Um, you know, are, are, is the family paying them reparations? Of course, we, we get into that conversation about reparations often, but we usually go through a younger mind. Uh, they usually introduce that into the conversation. And, and so there's, so the, I think that's hope that the uh, you know the younger folks want to know those things um, of, of what the family is doing now uh, and of that you know of course that same thought process can be applied to any plantation that people visit um, i'm sure the uh, if we were to do a survey it would come up with a you know an answer similar similar to mine but but here's the thing there are not a lot of uh, plantations out there where you're going to get the story from a person who looks like me, or who shares my DNA. So you know that's very important too, a very important element, uh, you know, to to telling the story. Um, because I'm sure a lot of folks who sit in front of me, as my audience, are hearing the story the way I tell that story, for the first time, from from an African American, from a Black person, and and in in this 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 storytelling does not, you know, I don't stand in front of people to sugarcoat anything to make them feel good. I stand in front of people to tell them the truth, 
about the history, the truth as I know it, about the history, you know, that 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 went on uh, in the space. And for the most part, it's well received. Um, but I'm learning a lot just through the demographics and the answers and the interactions uh, that I get from people. And I think that's going to be the subject for my second book. With all your research, did you learn a lot about your own family history? Uh, no, no, because that's like genealogical research and I, I don't have that okay. kind of patience. That's, that's <laughs> not my thing. However, okay. somebody somebody did some genealogical research for me. Um, thank you for doing that. And um, it took my uh, family back to the year 1842 in King Street, South Carolina, Williamsburg County here in South Carolina. Um, so that's the extent of what I've done with my genealogical research. So what are the big things that motivate you? It, the ancestors, it's, it's, it's always been them. And, and if I lose track of that, then I, I, I might as well, you know, give it up because, you know, I don't want, I certainly don't want this thing to be about Joe McGill. I, I always want it to be about, uh, about the ancestors. So they, they are, they are the biggest motivators. I think, I think one of the biggest motivator now as we speak are, are the anti-wokers, um, you know, as, 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 as much as they push back against the message, the, the hard out push. Um, so, you know, that's a, that, that's a, a, a motivation in a way. It, it's an inspiration in a way to, to know that there are still those who are so much against uh, this story that I, that, you know, I kind of take it personally because, you know, you know, my ancestors, when they were here on this earth, my enslaved ancestors, when they were here on this earth, they were, they were muted. Um, their voice was, was taken away from them. You know, they couldn't vote. They couldn't own property. All that they were here for in the minds of the enslaver is to increase his wealth. Um, and, and that's what they did. But they were more than that. It's that more than that, um, that, uh, you know, the Slave Dwelling Project uh, disseminates. It, it, it interprets, you know, their stories. And, uh, you know, sleeping in these slave dwellings helps to do that. You know, 12 years ago, when I started this thing, it was kind of me going meekly to folks uh, and, and, and making my request of this crazy idea. And, and you know, luckily for me, uh, some got it, some got it immediately. And because so many got it than the ones that didn't, then, you know, they said, yes, you can do this. I started putting them on the calendar and, uh, you know, it was going to be one year and done. That was my intent in the state of South Carolina, because that's where my um, limited resources would take me. But now, you know, I'm 12 years later, I'm still at it. Um, and in this reverse, it's been flipped. I don't, I don't have to call them anymore. Now they call me and, and, and I get to vet them uh, as to, you know, whether or not I'm, I'm, I'm coming there or not. So, you know, I've, I've learned that persistence is, 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 is necessary. I also learned that you, you, you cannot make it uh, bigger than your, you, you know, what you started out to do. And, and starting out, I, I, I was honoring the ancestors then, um, honoring them now. Uh, another thing, you know, is egos. <laughs> you got to check your egos too. Uh, 
right because as, as soon as as soon as you make it about you then you then you know, sometimes that works for some people that's that's not that's not me that's that's not my style that's that's not the way i work i don't mind you know breaking off a piece of the idea for someone else to mold and shape in in the way that you know that that they they do it the way they have the expertise to do you know that's why we've been successful in in doing seven conferences so far seven um that's why we we've been successful with doing the living history component of what we do and what and what that is is uh, you know once upon a time you could go to a historic site and you could see things being demonstrated like cooking and blacksmithing and brick making but there would be white folks doing that historically that didn't happen at, at these sites so now we have this this team of this troop if you will of living historians and uh, in addition to these sites getting me to come which is happens most often so a lot a lot of times i'm solo but sometimes some of these sites they want me to bring a team with me of of living historians so i've learned that if if, if they're if you know, I can't do with this alone. I'm I'm one person. I cannot fix in my lifetime what it took all this time to get wrong. So to let this idea flourish, you know, you're gonna have to break off pieces of it and and, and let somebody else run with it for a while. Um and 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 make it, you know, all 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 that all that it can be. And you could establish that that record. And and you could, you know, you could have categories of sites, presidential sites. You know, I, I've I've stayed at the homes of Jefferson, uh, Madison, Andrew Jackson, James K. Polk, George Washington. I've seen, I've slept in, in, in in all those places. Institutions of high learning. You know, a lot of those institutions that came about when slavery existed owe their existence to that institution. And now uh, a lot of those institutions are coming around ex and accepting the fact that um, you know they engaged in that institution of slavery. Um, so I've I've stayed on on campuses of uh, of, of institutions of, of higher learning. So what I've learned is <laughs> this this institution, chattel slavery, it was not a southern thing only it, it was it, it was so embedded in our existence that um you know we there are a lot of places that that we need to explore to help tell the story because that built environment in that place sometimes a lot of times still exists we just got to find those places um and, and 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 ensure that they're telling the real stories of what happened at those sites not just the stories of of those people who lived in that nice, beautiful, architecturally significant big house, but whose labor was stolen to make all that possible? Who did the physical work? Who built it? And see, another thing that we do that I've learned uh, that I had no clue was uh, when I started 12 years ago, are the telltale signs of our existence that are the existence of our ancestors. You know, those, those graveyards where our enslaved ancestors were buried um, sometimes in unmarked grave, even if, if it was marked at the time that they were buried, that marking is not there right now. One reason, they couldn't read or write. They couldn't have headstones. They couldn't afford headstones. First, that's the first thing. But that enslaver himself is not going to put a headstone on a grave of a person that whose labor that he 
had stolen all all of their 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 lives, and 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 another thing is they couldn't read or write, so there there were no headstones. Um, so that's why we have to sometimes look for those indentions in the earth. You know, if they were lucky enough to have been buried in a wooden box, you know that wooden box was would, would give way at some point in the and the soil on top of it would conform. So sometimes you got to look for those indentions of the earth as a telltale sign. Another telltale sign that's more easy to find are fingerprints and bricks. So every time I go to a site where um, the building, of course, they're all built, they're all antebellum buildings built before prior to the Civil War. Every, every time I go to a site with bricks, I start looking for fingerprints in the bricks because our enslaved ancestors made those bricks. And there was a process in making the bricks where the, the, where the brick is still pliable. You put it in a mold and so it can dry and, and that, that, that you have to flip that brick over so the other side of that brick can dry. Sometimes that brick got a little stubborn in that mold. That brick still has to come out of that mold. Sometimes fingerprints were left in those bricks um, during, during that process in, in the making of that brick. So. I look for those places. I look for those telltale signs. And in, in, in the places made of wood, if, you know, a lot of that wood, well, all of the wood that's not that building was once a tree. And, in you know, making it, uh, they didn't have sawmills all the time. Sometimes they had to, had to you know, make a tree, a beam. And, and, and you see those strikes, those marks and those beams. And, and I look at those those strikes, every strike in the in that beam placed by that axe or that tool that they were using, chances are it was placed there by an enslaved person. So that's another way to you know interpret that story. Another thing that I've done is I've I, I now adore genealogists um, because as I see them apply their science, it helps give the enslaved people. A voice and, and then now they're the genealogists who a genealogist told me very early on I said I said you know I admire what you guys do I, I don't have that kind of patience you guys have she said she said to me her name is Tony Carrier she said Joe you do what you do you save the buildings we'll put the people there I said okay yeah I can we, we can do this let's do this together so so I I, I, I love and, you know, genealogists, the archivists, you know, the people who have the kind of patience to, 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 to delve into the details of, of, of the matter, because we bring all these things together, slave project, pro, slave dwelling project, synthesizes all this, bring it all together um, so that we could tell the stories of, of, of our enslaved ancestors. Since historically, we got that, um, uh, you know, that, that, that history laid upon us, that, that moonlight in, in, in Magnolia, that revisionist history um, that was taught to me. We're, we're dispelling all that. That, stuff, that stuff's on its way up. That stuff is gone. That's why those young minds that ask the right questions. Um, but, and again, that's that's the direction we need to continue to go in. Mm -hmm.